It's been quite a week out there in the media landscape. We've got updates on Tucker Carlson. We've got Magic the Gathering hiring a paramilitary force to take down a gamer's card collection. We've got Ron DeSantis being a weirdo around the world uh, while also getting sued by Disney in the one place he should be focusing on. Uh, there's a hard R Christopher Robin series coming out and just so much more, including whatever the hell this is. Should I do it? Uh... He's back. He's back, baby. But uh, let's start out with some updates on that whole Tucker Carlson situation. It's now been a few days since Fox News unceremoniously fired its primetime talking head, and we do have a few more things that have come to light regarding why he may have been pushed out. But the results are in, folks. That time slot has already started losing ground to its competitors. The Tucker Carlson Tonight time slot on Fox has dominated the ratings for quite some time. And as of this week, it has fallen behind even MSNBC in the ratings. Who's on at that hour? Maddow? No, it's uh, Chris, uh, all in with Chris Hayes. Oh, he's all right, actually. Yeah, but it's out, like... Out of all of them, Chris Hayes is okay. Sure. Uh, it's just crazy that uh, the ratings shifted so quick and so dramatically. But, like, are these people that have, they're like, oh, well, Tucker's not on. I guess I'll just switch over to my second favorite channel, MSNBC. Like, what? No, I, think, I don't think that's what's happening here. I think, really, they're probably just turning it off entirely or going over to Newsmax yeah. or something. Right. So, yeah, there's really no better time than now to snap your parents and grandparents out of their hypnosis. Just... I don't know, take them out for a walk or something. Maybe ask them to go fishing. The old people love fishing. They do. Or bingo. Yeah, you could do bingo. Zumba. Uh, uh, pickleball. Yeah, pickleball. Take them out, get them active. Get those yeah. hips moving before you have to get replace them. Get those joints moving. Uh-huh. Come on. And take them to dinner at 4 p.m. Come on. There's down, all, all sorts of things. Take them down to the claim do. jumper for dinner. That's right. Yeah. One thing is for sure, though, you have precious little time to wake your doddering <laughs> boomer parents from the trance because Tucker himself has already uploaded uh, a response to his firing and has started gathering emails and phone numbers so that he can barge right back into people's lives in what you would assume to be a much more extreme style of show. Although Bill O'Reilly did the same thing and he is basically a non-entity outside of his core uh, dead-enders. Yeah. Uh, he has a paywalled like podcast and... I can't imagine the viewership is anywhere even approaching what he was at the top of his game, but he's making money off people who are willing to pay 20 bucks a month. That's the thing. It might It is almost certainly going to be a smaller audience, but will he take things to a level that uh, we haven't seen before? Although from the reporting and behind-the-scenes sources, like he kind, one of the reasons that he was pushed out was... He kind of just did whatever the fuck he wanted at Fox, which uh, ran afoul of executives. A and real interesting thing to come out of this and the Dominion lawsuit is the knowledge that uh, Rupert Murdoch is uh, fucking terrified of getting COVID and uh, oh. actually very pro-vaccine. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, you yeah. know, for business purposes, uh, he so he, he, you know, he has to... Well, he's fucking ancient, he obviously. Ha he ha His business has to take an anti-authoritarian, anti-vaccine stance, mm -hmm. but he was always like, hey, so... Maybe maybe chill about chill out a little bit. Me there. and all my friends are dying. I am 150 years old, and yeah. the vaccine is actually uh, very important to my survival. He keeps young women around to suck the life force out of them until he's all done, and then he, you know, gets rid of them. But yeah. regardless of where Tucker ends up, uh, it will be much harder for the core of his audience to find him because they can barely figure out how to operate a Roku or reset the Wi-Fi. True. 
you know, how, how do I download PDF? Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. will have to rely on us to do it for them. And I can't think of a better time for you to uh, accidentally subscribe the elders in your life to our channel instead. Yeah, it would be a fun prank. While you're in the middle of uh, <laughs> like slyly programming their TV to just uh, not display Fox News at all, yeah. using the parental controls feature that people, <laughs> they will never find. Parental controls has a brand new meaning. Yeah. You're it's, literally controlling it, your parents and what they see. Yeah, while you're in the midst of that, yeah. in the dark of night, um, go ahead and log into their YouTube account and... Watch a bunch of our videos so it yeah, happens naturally. Get the algorithm going. Yeah. Anyways, we have no idea where Tucker's going to end up or if he's just going to go completely independent. That does seem like the most likely move. Yeah. Punished Tucker Carlson. All of the bluebies on Twitter, uh, they all seem to think that he's going Twitter exclusive because he uploaded that one clip to Twitter and it did really well. So they're like... He's making a statement that he's going, Elon is brilliant because he knew that this was going to happen and Tucker was going to bring his entire show just to Twitter. Uh, that room he filmed that weird little video in, uh, that was his set from his house. I assume Fox is going to be banging at the door to pack that up at some point. Well, maybe. Uh, but yeah, we don't know a lot of things. We do, however, have more info and plenty of rampant speculation about the reasons behind his abrupt firing from Fox News. Although, as I said previously, I mean, maybe it was just the sum of all of these, it was it is, death yeah. by a thousand cuts, but it still just doesn't quite compute for me. It, I, I feel like there's still something missing that we haven't heard about. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, he he had pissed a lot of people off and there is uh, a, a lost lot, a lot of people a lot of money. So people were a lot more upset with him behind the scenes than was previously thought because up until you know last week, everyone's like, well. He is kind of untouchable. Yeah, he he's dominates, the golden boy. He dominates that time slot, and he gets the most amount of eyeballs on him than anyone in cable news. So it's like, yeah, maybe there was something huge, but it does kind of seem like it's the culmination of a bunch of different things. Now, one of the theories that we floated earlier this week was that the Dominion trial was going to expose something far worse than was already made public. And what was made public at that point was all pretty damning stuff, at least for someone who works for Fox News. Basically calling all your coworkers morons, mocking guests, calling Trump's representatives deranged, and claiming that he also hated Donald Trump himself, calling some of Donald Trump's actions disgusting, and at one point referring to him as a demonic force. But apparently it was worse than any of that. And if Fox News hadn't settled with Dominion for over $700 million, we all could have found out a whole lot more. And Tucker would have had to testify, which makes the reasoning behind Fox's last minute settlement way more clear makes a little bit more sense. Some things are coming to light, though, uh, after the fact, like how Tucker apparently referred to... Are we past the... We're well past the 30-second mark. Tucker apparently referred to a female Fox executive as a cunt. And not in the Australian way. Yeah, in the American way, yeah. where it actually hurts. Yeah. Uh, and was also apparently pretty stoked that people were going to hear that he had said such a thing. Because they were like, don't worry, we're going to get that stricken from the record. And he's like, what? Why? Everyone should know that. Here's the Wall Street Journal with more. Several weeks ago, as Fox News lawyers prepared for a courtroom showdown with Dominion voting systems, they presented Tucker Carlson with what they thought was good news. They had persuaded the court to redact from a legal filing the time he called a senior Fox News executive the C-word, according to people familiar with the matter. Mr. Carlson, Fox News' most-watched primetime host, wasn't impressed. He told his colleagues that he wanted the world to know what he had said about the executive in a private message, the people said. 
On Monday, Mr. Carlson's famously combative stance towards members of Fox News management and other colleagues caught up with him. The private messages in which Mr. Carlson showed disregard for management and colleagues were a major factor in that decision, according to other people familiar with the matter. Although many portions of the Dominion court documents are redacted, there is concern among Fox Corp executives that if the redacted material were to become public, it would lead to further embarrassment for the network and parent company. And their reporting goes on to say that even the people at Fox News had started to become nervous at how extreme his show became. Their article uses terms like thinly veiled racism, but I mean, anyone who's seen clips of him touting great replacement theory, white nationalism, or any of his other various segments attacking minorities are aware that thinly veiled is putting it quite nicely. It, no, anything that isn't just straight up saying the N-word <laughs> and burning a cross while wearing a white hood, uh, that's the that's racism. Anything else, it's like, you know, up for interpretation. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is all without even mentioning the other marginalized groups that he's repeatedly attacked. But here's how they put it in their reporting. On air, Mr. Carlson had turned up the volume on commentary that had expanded beyond a conservative viewpoint on politics into more of an attack on marginalized groups. His show, more than those of his primetime colleagues, Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram, frequently landed the network in hot water particularly with advertisers. Mr. Carlson sometimes trafficked in what critics, including some higher-ups within Fox, felt was thinly-veiled racism <laughs> on his show, such as when he recently suggested a Tennessee lawmaker got into a good college only because of his skin color, some of the people said. Seems pretty blatant, but also seems like the kind of thing they'd all be cool with. So I don't know. Yeah. Again, seems, I don't, I don't know. They do mention in that article that um, he did have advertisers, obviously, but a majority of the, what they call blue chip advertisers had pulled off of his show oh, in yeah. recent years and moved to, you know, things like, uh, what is it? The Five or Fox and Friends and stuff like that. So they had shifted all of their advertising dollars around and he was kind of just getting the ads that are, uh, you know, invest in gold, silver, and yeah, Mike Lindell's pillows. There was, it was a couple months ago and someone I think at probably Media Matters whose job is to like hate watch uh, yeah. Fox News, like uh, they posted on Twitter, they're like, uh, so this entire hour of Tucker, uh, there's only been like five ads all for the same like weird, you know, like food uh, buckets company or something so, like that. Like so he just has no fucking advertisers. When you add that into the equation that, yes, while he was pulling in a massive amount of views, he wasn't making the company money the same way that he had before with less views, but less insane content. Hmm. So he was really appealing to a base. And there's other articles that go into the fact that Fox was providing him with like minute by minute ratings. So he could literally see what words he was using and where the spikes would come in and all this kind of stuff and what topics were really getting people to tune in. So he was leaning into that really hard despite what was happening behind the scenes. Told me not to, but I did anyway, Miss B. <laughs> hey, man. Running around the house with a pickle in my mouth. He was doing a lot more than that. Yes, he was. So Carlson's actions behind the scenes were allegedly so bad that according to Rolling Stone, the company had files, complaints, and conversations with him that could be made public in the event that Tucker Carlson ran afoul of the company or attempted to retaliate against them. They kept a fucking blackmail <laughs> folder on this guy. Yes, they did. Uh, from their reporting at Rolling Stone, 
Fox News executives have in their possession a dossier of alleged dirt on Tucker Carlson should he attack the network in the wake of his departure. Eight sources at and close to the network tell Rolling Stone. Everybody wants to talk right now. When Fox announced Carlson's departure on Monday, the network presented the separation as amicable. But according to one former on-air Fox personality, the anchor and some of the channel's top executives are parting ways on the worst and messiest possible terms. If Carlson attempts to torch the network, he's leaving. Fox is prepared, the sources say. It continues, adding that eight people familiar with the situation tell Rolling Stone that Fox News and its communications department, long led by the notoriously aggressive Irina Briganti, had assembled damaging information about Carlson. One source with knowledge calls it an oppo file. Two sources add that Fox is prepared to disclose some of its contents if execs suspect that Carlson is coming after the network. The file includes internal complaints regarding workplace conduct, disparaging comments about management and colleagues, and allegations that the now former primetime host created a toxic work environment, three of the sources say. Over the years, Briganti and Fox PR's tactics have been turned against its own most prominent talent. Those methods for keeping personnel in line are an open secret among current and former Fox News staff. Four former Fox News personalities confirmed Briganti likes to keep dirt files on Fox News talent, including one on Carlson. An ex-Fox News anchor laments, Irina tries to keep a file on everybody. Any talent like Tucker would have a lot of things, other people complaining. They encourage it and then just keep it on file. It's just a classic dirty trick. Briganti keeps files on everybody to screw with them, a departed Fox News host adds. It's classic Fox. Heartwarming. The worst people you know are all fighting. Mm-hmm. Including old anchors. And then, look, look, this is what's crazy, too, is like, you know who was probably doing great advertising-wise and was like the one person who was somewhat level-headed there was uh, uh, Shepard Smith. And remember when Shepard and Tucker got into an actual fight on no. air? Like, they were bickering back and forth between their two shows, and that led to Shepard Smith quitting Fox, retiring early, and going to CNBC. Yeah. Yeah. And then he was one of the last ones. Him and Chris Wallace. And then were like Chris the Wallace only left sane too. People at this network. Chris Wallace left too. So Tucker drove out like two long-standing yeah. anchors who were probably doing quite well as far as advertising went. Yeah. Um. So look, all that adds up. So yeah, first of all, you know the fact that Fox's executives and you would assume their HR department decided not to act on anything in that big old blackmail file, all the complaints and yeah. whatnot against Carlson. Uh, didn't act on it and decided to instead just gather it all up to use against him sometime in the future. Uh, that's kind of insane. Yeah. Um, seems to confirm what many say about how networks uh, operate behind the scenes, uh, especially Fox News. Yeah. It also adds more fuel to the fire that we spoke about earlier in the week. Uh, the lawsuits filed by former Tucker Carlson tonight and Maria Bartiromo staffer Abby Grossberg who claimed that Tucker and his producers were openly sexist, misogynistic, and in some cases, uh, racist off-air. Uh, not surprising, considering what he says on the air, but there seems to be a clear pattern here. Did you see the Newsmax clip where he was talking... Basically what we just said, but in a conservative way, he was just like, well, she's saying that Tucker says all this stuff behind the scenes, but he's saying it on there. What are they... You know, maybe he is just who he is, and we should be proud of that. Wait. He was the same off air as he was on air. In other words, he was genuine. It, it wasn't an act. And, and in the minds of some, that's out of bounds. These people have been 
a very interesting reality. Yeah. But yeah, for her part, uh, Grossberg has done interviews since Tucker's firing, firing and has reiterated her claims, confirming to various outlets that she has around 90 audio tapes and that those tapes have now been handed over to law enforcement. Yeah. Insinuating crimes. Uh, uh, no, this is related to uh, uh, Smartmatic and Dominion because these tapes have uh, more info on them that wasn't revealed uh, because of the settlement. So, okay, yeah, the scope of those tapes, they go far beyond the abuse from Tucker and reportedly include conversations between Trump representatives and other Fox hosts where they admit that they had no evidence regarding the stolen election narrative. Oh, big surprise. Mm -hmm. Apparently, there are also some damning texts immediately following the 2020 election as well. Quote, at one point, Grossberg said she received a text message from her boss that she paraphrased as saying, you can let Maria know there will be no fact checking today. She can do what she wants. Go wild. Let this dog off the leash. Uh, all that stuff aside, though, it's it is time now to focus on one of the funnier theories regarding Tucker's departure, uh, and it has to do with Rupert Murdoch himself and his now ex-fiance and her view of Tucker as the potential second coming of Jesus Christ himself. Hmm. Uh, going back to reporting from the Wall Street Journal, they indicate that Mr. Carlson's fall from grace in the eyes of the Murdochs was swift. Just a few weeks ago, Rupert Murdoch invited Mr. Carlson to his Bel Air, California home to dine with his then fiance and Leslie Smith, according to people familiar with the gathering. And you may or may not be aware, because honestly, who gives a shit? But Rupert Murdoch abruptly called off his engagement to this woman very recently. And uh, if some of the claims are correct, Tucker and Murdoch's ex might have been torched for the same reason. Here's Vanity Fair. According to this source, Fox Corp chair Rupert Murdoch removed Carlson over remarks Carlson made during a speech at the Heritage Foundation's 50th anniversary gala on Friday night. Carlson laced his speech with religious overtones that even Murdoch found too extreme, the source, who was briefed on Murdoch's decision-making, said. Carlson told the Heritage audience that national politics has become a Manichean battle between good and evil. Carlson said that people advocating for transgender rights and DEI programs want to destroy America and they could not be persuaded with facts. We should say that and stop engaging in these totally fraudulent debates. I've tried. That doesn't work, he said. The answer, Carlson suggested, was prayer. I have concluded it might be worth taking just 10 minutes out of your busy schedule to say a prayer for the future, and I hope you will, he said. That stuff freaks Rupert out. He doesn't like all the spiritual talk, the source said. Uh, here's where it gets crazy. Tucker though. Carlson does not pray. He, yeah, is, he is not a religious man. Well, he went to like Trinity College or whatever. No, there's no fucking way. No. Yeah, I, I, he does. He definitely does come across as a person who uses religion to get whatever he wants. Yeah. But no, he's he likes religion in like the way fascists like religion. Yeah. But it's like it's controlling. But yeah, it's not. He doesn't have a fucking personal relationship with the Lord. It Jesus gives him Christ. power to control people because they have a. Uh, religious obligation right. to trust him and follow what he says if he is, you know, preaching the gospel or whatever. So, yes, you're correct. Jesus famously said, uh, hate thy neighbor. Yes, <laughs> it's one of his famous quotes. <laughs> uh, but here's where it gets crazier, though. And again, this is just speculation, but here you go. Rupert Murdoch was perhaps unnerved by Carlson's messianism because it echoed the end times worldview of Murdoch's ex-fiance and Leslie Smith, the source said. In his May cover story, the journalist reported that Murdoch and Smith called off their two-week engagement because Smith had told people Carlson was a, quote, messenger from God. Murdoch had seen Carlson and Smith discuss religion firsthand. 
In late March, Carlson had dinner at Murdoch's Bel Air Vineyard with Murdoch and Smith, according to the source. During dinner, Smith pulled out a Bible and started reading passages from the Book of Exodus, the source said. Quote, Rupert just sat there and stared. A few days after the dinner, Murdoch and Smith called off the wedding. By taking Carlson off the air, Murdoch was also taking away his ex's favorite show. I mean, that's, that is just the kind of petty that you'd expect from the real life Logan Roy. Especially, yeah, <laughs> someone who just like that is sundowning yeah. and is, is willing to make just brash decisions yeah. at, at the spur of the moment. Uh, so yeah, I, I want to believe. I really, I really want to believe that Rupert Murdoch personally ordered Tucker's firing because he realized his fiance was a crazy ass religious person who saw Tucker Carlson as a messenger from God himself, sent to save this dumbass country or kick off a holy war. Like, bitch, I'm trying to. We're trying to make money over here. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, can, can you just sit there and look pretty? Is I'm not saying that that's what you should say, but that's what Rupert Murdoch clearly wants out of his uh, girlfriends. I wonder if she was going to get married to him because, like, you know, the apocalypse is coming any second now. So, yeah, she has to like it. Yeah. Well, we, we mentioned it, you know, the last when we talked about this originally, I don't know, a month ago or so. But clearly a problematic age gap considering Rupert Murdoch is 90 something and she is only 66 years young. Wow. Yeah. Robbing the cradle. <laughs> From the cradle to the grave. Yeah. Uh, anyways, we joked about the fact that Chuds would start claiming that Fox News is woke now, and that's actually happened. They've gone woke. It, it's not just Twitter blue check saying it either. Newsmax had a Chiron on screen during uh, their recent coverage that explicitly stated, Fox News is run by libs. I mean, it is, but uh, not the definition of lib that you have. Mm -hmm. But yes, you're correct. <laughs> yeah. Correct. Good take, Comrade. Yeah, there we go. Let them fight. Enjoy. Anyway, that's the last we talk about Tucker for a little while, yeah. hopefully. Uh, and since we're getting things out of the way, let's check in on Ron DeSantis. <laughs> let's see how that guy's doing. What, what's he up to these days? Governor, I'll mm -hmm. show you falling behind uh, Trump. Any thoughts on that? Gosh, did I'm, not, I'm not a candidate, so we'll see if, uh, if and when that changes. Wow, a new new uh, fucking soy jack just dropped. Like, <laughs> what the fuck is that? What is he doing? Yeah, just... Uh, he, oh, he no. was like, you know when Trump gets all amped up and it's definitely not prescription drugs? I, I you know, I, I've already got the hand movements down. What if I started ah. acting like that too? Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. I don't like that. So yeah, it's also strange that he's he's flying all over the world um, instead of governing the state that he is a governor of, mm -hmm. uh, especially since he still has yet to actually announce any presidential run. Uh, he's visiting Japan, Korea, the UK, and Israel in order to raise his diplomatic profile uh, and also for some kind of trade talks. What? Yeah. He doesn't really have any reason to be doing either of those <laughs> things because uh, he refuses to announce his intentions to run for president. He's a governor of a state. He, what? He can't. What? Oh also, my God. right before he filmed this, he had like a freak out angry moment at oh, the yeah. Museum of Tolerance yeah. in Israel. Because someone asked him about the time that he worked at Guantanamo Bay and yeah. uh, participated, allegedly, he got, in uh, torture, which almost certainly is true. He got big mad, literally standing in front of a logo yeah. for the Museum of Tolerance in Israel. He's washed. Yeah, he's done. But yeah, he's, he's sinking in the polls. Uh, it's really looking like his campaign, it would probably be completely pointless. At least in 2024. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's a young man. You got plenty of time, Ron. Uh, you got plenty of time to practice being normal. But like we said, he certainly has more important things to worry about uh, back home in Florida, where he is now 
being sued by Mickey Mouse. Uh -huh. You're sued. <laughs> uh -huh. I'm taking you to court, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's right, folks. It has come to this. Disney has stopped playing around and decided to file a lawsuit against Governor Ron DeSantis and claiming that DeSantis has weaponized government power. Here's CNBC with more on this. The federal lawsuit alleges that DeSantis orchestrated at every step a campaign to punish Disney that now threatens the company's business. The move dramatically escalates the drawn-out feud between DeSantis and Disney, which is among Florida's largest employers. The lawsuit was filed on the same day that the district's board of supervisors, which DeSantis had picked to take control over Disney's Orlando area parks, moved to undo a development deal that it says Disney struck to thwart its power. They made fools of us, and we won't stand for it. No, we won't. <laughs> the panel unanimously voted to declare void and unenforceable that development deal, which was approved shortly before DeSantis replaced the Disney-approved board with his preferred supervisors. What does Goofy have to say about all this? <laughs> We're going to sue him. <laughs> He's I'm going a, down. I'm going to beat his ass. we got the best lawyers in all the world. <laughs> I can't do Donald Duck right. Have you ever noticed that the state of Texas looks a lot like my head? <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking over Florida, <laughs> Texas, every goddamn state. He's right back there, folks. He's already done it. Yeah. The United States of Goofy. Hyper goofification. <laughs> so this lawsuit has called that action the latest strike, saying that the development contracts laid the foundation for billions of Disney's investment dollars and thousands of jobs. The company noted its plans to invest $17 billion in Walt Disney World over the next decade, yielding an estimated 13,000 new jobs on top of its more than 75,000 current cast members. Although, based on this week's news, probably a few less than that. Yeah. They're firing people like crazy over there. Now, Nate Silver's gone. Another uh, did uh, he work for Disney? Well, ABC, five thirty-eight oh. or whatever. Yeah, it's all they're they own everything. R.I.P. Bozo. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The government action was patently retaliatory, patently anti-business, and patently unconstitutional. Disney alleged in the civil complaint in U.S. District Court in Tallahassee, Florida. Uh, in the wake of the filing, notable Republicans have come out to uh, ever so slightly nudge DeSantis to back off Mickey Mouse. A thinly veiled nudge, Ron. Yeah. Ron. Uh, Florida Senator Marco Rubio said the following during an interview on Fox News. I think where it gets problematic in the eyes of some people is when you start creating the idea, and I'm not saying we're there yet as a state, but the idea that somehow, like if you run crossways with us politically, whoever's in charge, then, you know, you may wind up in the crosshairs of the legislature for political purposes to make a statement at you. And that I do worry that if this happens too many times, businesses that are thinking about coming to Florida are saying, Maybe we don't want to go there, because if we get into a firestorm with them politically, they're going to come after our business. And he's, you know, you hate to see it. Marco Rubio, little Marco, yeah, in his big chair, he is, he's right. Yeah. They're going to let him ride one of those rides that he's too short for now. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> little Marco. <laughs> Before this, he could only ride the teacups, folks. Now he's on Space Mountain, and he is cheering. Uh, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy said pretty much the same thing during an appearance on CNBC. This is a big employer inside Florida. I think the governor should sit down with them. I don't think the idea of building a prison next to a place that you bring your family is the best idea. I think it'd be much better if you sat down and solved the problems. So yeah, it seems like this stupid Disney feud is going to continue blowing up in DeSantis's face. And that's alongside his already dwindling and pathetic poll numbers. 
I mean, you really, this is incredible. Just two months ago, I was convinced that Trump was washed and that he was in a bad place politically and that DeSantis had all the weight of Florida and therefore the world behind him. I was never fooled. I was never taken in by this bullshit. I I knew, I knew that Trump was going to mop the floor with this pretender. I was going to call my dad this week to ask because now Tucker's off the air and I don't want to waste too much time for my dad to like inadvertently become deprogrammed. I want to get the hot takes now. Yeah. Uh, So I don't know, maybe I'm interested to see what he's switched to uh, as well. So I'll have to do some research Uh, behind the scenes. I started watching this show, Steven Crowder, louder with Crowder. (laughs) It's pretty He's weird. got gigantic pectoral muscles. Yeah, he's fucking ripped. Yeah. He's got a great looking sternum. And no <laughs> other issues. I haven't looked any further into it's this. Just a perfect sternum on his chest. I wonder how he achieved that. Yeah. Wonder what's what he gave up <laughs> to achieve that sternum. Uh, anyways, uh, it's great seeing Ron DeSantis, among many other things, get dunked on by Disney and this fucking guy. I'm gonna do it. Ha <laughs> Anyway, before we get to the rest of the news from this week, let's take a quick second to thank today's sponsor. Factor. Yeah. This spring, you need nutritious, convenient meals to energize you for warmer, active days and keep you on track reaching your goals. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and tackle everything on your to-do list. Too busy to cook this spring? With Factor, skip the trip to the grocery store and skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy, and then get back outside and soak up the warmer weather. Factor offers delicious, flavor-packed options on the menu each week to fit a variety of lifestyles. From keto to calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and protein plus. Prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long while meeting your goals. With 34 plus chef prepared, dietitian approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Plus you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 45 plus add-ons, including breakfast items like egg bites, smoothies, and more. My favorite meal that I had from this week's menu was of course, their shredded chicken taco bowl with mm, delicious roasted corn salsa and cilantro lime sour cream. That's a good one, but don't microwave the sour cream. You got to take that. You got to take that part out. <laughs> yes. Uh, but also, I you know I customize it. I put a, a hefty dose of my favorite personal hot sauce on oh, top. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Wow, look at Sean Evans over here. <laughs> Uh, you could be eating delicious meals ready in two minutes, just like me, by heading to factormeals.com slash newsdump50 and using our code newsdump50 to get 50% off your first box. That is code newsdump50 at factormeals.com slash newsdump50 or link below in the description to get 50% off your first box. Thanks for supporting our sponsors. Back to the news now, though. And when, when you think about the word Pinkerton, well, if you're our age, you probably just think of Weezer's Best album, yeah, by far, yeah. And if you disagree, you're wrong. Uh, but everyone else probably thinks about the characters uh, from Red Dead Redemption, which are uh, actually not characters. They're based off of a real detective agency <laughs> that was established in the late 1800s. The Pinkertons were, uh, I guess, the nice way to put it would be uh, they were armed guards. Yes, um, a protective service. Yeah, but, uh, just you know, private security. In uh, the olden uh, days, where Actually, they were the police, so yeah. uh, we have committed no crimes. But yeah, at one point, they were the biggest private law enforcement agency in the world, and uh, they were the ones that you would call if you needed some uh, some outlaws maybe captured or killed, and you didn't want to bring the government into it. You wanted to handle this 
internally. A lot of places didn't have any kind of actual police force. Right. Uh, so they were like, okay, handle this. Um, sure. But the this <laughs> was often um, not exactly crimes. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> after like a, after a certain point in time, they were just union busters. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, they were doing literal like old west wanted poster type shit uh, in the in the late 1800s and early 1900s. The Pinkertons uh, they they did what we call in the business community a bit of a pivot yeah. from armed security to yeah just straight up uh, union busting. Uh, they were involved in causing chaos and mayhem at multiple picket lines, including a strike that turned violent, leading to the deaths of three Pinkerton agents and nine steel workers. Uh, and surprisingly, and I'm always surprised when this comes up because yeah they still exist mm -hmm. they the business just kept on going it's incredibly hard to shake the name the name is, uh, is so you would have thought that they would have changed it yeah, by now think, it's like, been acquired and sold a couple like, times too but they're like no that pinkerton name is strong like blackwater has changed their name like 5 times in the last 15 years yeah because years. it has a negative connotation it's a toxic just, brand yeah but not for the pinkertons no we want people to know what they're signing up for uh-huh how could it be? How, how could it be harmful? It's a wonderful album by the band Weezer. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's weird that they use that name for that reason, and also it kind of just sounds like someone with a big mustache and a six shooter coming to rustle some feathers. It's just, it's odd. Yeah. Um, but yeah, these days they just do boring corporate stuff. Uh, you know, hired bodyguards, private investigations, threat intelligence, and so on. But they, you know, they've kept the spirit. <laughs> yeah, they've kept some of that old west spirit with them. Yeah, hiring spies to infiltrate uh, yeah. union organization. Yeah, they are, uh, and this—I mean, this is true of. Uh, there's a there's a couple of these like global security companies that are mm -hmm. essentially like private CIA's <laughs> in their yeah. own way, and it's yeah, it's uh yeah it's it's unsettling to think about. There was uh, when I was reading into more of the history on this, it was funny because nowadays this would be seen you know, as a woke company because uh, Pinkerton was one of the first companies to employ women and minorities. Woke. Uh, and that was because no one expected them to do that. Yeah. So why would these people be spies trying to bust our union? That was very clever. Hmm. The original woke company, though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They went woke and uh, they did not go broke. No, they've, they've been, been in business for uh, 150 years. <laughs> very strong. <laughs> uh, like we said, though, when you hear the Pinkertons are involved in something, you, you can't help but hear, yeah! Have I been hitting the head and transported back to the Wild West? What are yeah. you talking about? Someone the takes a photo and, like, dust goes off. Yeah. And, yeah. It's, it, but, yeah, it, it, it was very odd to hear that Wizards of the Coast, the makers of Magic the Gathering, had hired the Pinkertons to track down a YouTuber bring him to justice, and confiscate some early access cards that he had apparently, allegedly, inadvertently come into possession of. Did he like, steal them off of a train? Yes. <laughs> it was a stagecoach robbery. Yes. <laughs> Give me all the cards and nobody gets hurt. Hey, hey, we don't want no trouble. Take the cards. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, that is exactly what happened. Not the train part, though. No, but, but Pinkertons did show up at someone's house. Here's Kotaka with more on all this. Sometimes you accidentally buy something before it hits the street date, and you get bragging rights with all your friends. In the case of one Magic the Gathering streamer, obtaining a box of cards early landed him in hot water with one of the most infamous private security companies in the world. A YouTuber known as Dan Old School MTG Cannon claimed that he was shooting videos on Saturday morning when Pinkerton agents arrived at his private residence. His dog started barking at something, and his wife answered the door. 
Pinkerton agents came knocking on the door to recover the stolen product from Wizards of the Coast, which was the March of the Machine aftermath stuff, he said in a video about the raid. The reporting continues. Kotaku reached out to Canon and Wizards of the Coast. A spokesperson for WOTC confirmed over email that the private detectives had been sent as part of their investigation. Canon told Kotaku over email that they had threatened to get the county sheriff involved if he did not return the MTG card. Another throwback. Why, we're gonna go get the sheriff. We're gonna go hang a long rope. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they cited statutes with punishments such as a $200,000 fine and up to a decade of jail time. Cannon seemed to be cooperative with Wizards of the Coast. He asked reposters to take down any clips or screenshots of his aftermath pack opening video, which he'd removed from the account at the company's request. They apologized for going through the drastic means of sending Pinkertons to my front door, he said. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're sorry about that, but uh, it was pretty serious. But again, like, he didn't steal anything. They just sent this shit to him on no, accident. No, no, he bought it from a store. Oh. The store broke street date. Oh. Now, here's where, you know, who knows? I mean, I'll say, first of all, it is nuts that they sent Pinkertons to this guy's house. But just taking this at face value, his name on YouTube is Old School MTG. He obviously gets stuff from a local card shop. The likelihood that he he had no idea what he was opening for people on stream and okay. what the street date Fair was, enough. that is pretty low. Um, maybe the card shop screwed up, but he almost certainly knew what he had in his possession. Uh, I know that the names are incredibly similar. The new one is called Aftermath, and in the, whatever the name was beforehand was just that. But you would think someone with whose entire channel is dedicated to this stuff would know the okay. difference. Okay, so you're saying the Pinkertons were right. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I'm not, not agreeing with them, but uh, I, I think that he knows more than he's leading on to. But also, like, you know, that the time has passed. This was a decade ago, but in the gaming industry here in L.A., everybody knew which three or four shops yeah, would yeah. break street date for video game releases. Oh, yeah. There was, uh, like, when GTA Five came out, like, so many people had it, like, 48 hours before it was released. Yeah. There was that one game shop. I, they don't even get... They, they might still be in business. They can't still be open, right? I don't know. Maybe. Well, there was there was two specifically that I remember going to. Yeah. Um, but back... Th that's different, though, because... Well, it's not different. It's the same. But uh, at least back then, they sometimes wouldn't turn the servers on until... Right. You, so you could play single actually, player. Yeah. Yeah. Up until that point. But, uh... This is something that's kind of known in gaming circles, especially when it's your local shop. So you don't go make a fucking YouTube video out of it. Come on, man. Yeah. Anyway, hmm. still wild. The Pinkertons that... are right. I'm I'm with the Pinkertons on this. <laughs> it they is. Should, they should have beat his ass. <laughs> we know you're lying. We're the fucking Pinkertons. Yeah. Uh, still, it is wild that he basically had a wanted poster with his name on it over some fucking Magic the Gathering cards. Yeah. Just and a they, crazy story. So they had this before they showed up this time. They showed up like early, uh, another day when he wasn't home and like interviewed like everyone of his neighbors uh and they were all like this did he like kill somebody like i think what's going on they're like this, this seems very serious like is he in trouble like i, I yeah he yes ma'am he is in trouble uh would you think that uh, having a card that dominates other cards by breathing fire on them is... i don't know what you mean <laughs> it sounds pretty bad yeah i hope you catch him yeah well it seems like he's gonna get some free product out of it and got lots of notoriety yeah. and the pinkertons got paid and wizards of the coast got free Probably not the best marketing, but free marketing. Yeah, I feel like I don't play Magic. Well, I would not anymore now that Snap's out. It would ruin my life. I don't even play Snap anymore. I kind of oh, really? hit a I hit a wall with the card progression where like 
They just kept giving me crap that I didn't need. I yeah, I haven't started... really changed my deck in weeks. Yeah. I just keep going for like the daily challenges. Yeah, I haven't played it in a while. It's nice when I have a little moment and literally nothing to do, and my brain's like, well, don't sit in silence. The demons will start talking. Yeah. Anyway, now for a quick update on Bam Margera. Yeah. And before you say anything, yes, um, it's very, very sad that Ryan Dunn died. But this dude has been given every chance over the last decade plus to get his shit together and it's incredibly sad uh that he continues just down the darkest path possible after yeah. being given so many opportunities by everyone by everyone in his in life, his life. Uh, so, including millions of dollars apparently from paramount to just go to a rehab facility yeah. and stay clean so bam has a son to take care of and friends who have tried desperately to help him uh including steve-o who uh Sober for 13, 14 and, years And now? had a pretty wild go at it before hitting rock bottom. Would, <laughs> yeah. would be, if if I had anyone, you know, if I, Steve-O would be the best uh, recovery sponsor I think anyone in the world could fucking ask for. Yeah. And He's here, proof he, that it works. here he is coming to you for free and to help only, you out of this. Not only that, bringing you on his comedy tour, and this was recent, and yeah. he did get clean fairly briefly, but yeah. And then to disappoint Steve-O. I would feel so disappointed in myself if I disappointed Steve-O. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so uh, he was on the comedy tour, uh, but, uh-oh, relapsed once again. It sucks. You, you always want someone to get better. But, Addiction is extremely tough. But he doesn't seem to want it badly enough for himself. Uh, so all the rehab centers and interventions in the world seem to only put his destructive actions on pause temporarily. Anyways, earlier this week, it was announced that uh, Bam has a warrant out for his arrest for assaulting his brother, who um, is the drummer for the band CKY. Yeah. Anyway, the rumor at the time was that he was hiding out in the woods or something. But on Thursday this week, Bam turned himself over to authorities. Here's local outlet NBC10. Days after Pennsylvania State Police announced an arrest warrant for Brandon Bam Margera, the reality TV star surrendered to face charges that he assaulted his brother in their Chester County home. An NBC10 photojournalist captured Margera arriving Thursday morning at a district court to face arraignment on assault and terroristic threat charges. A judge arraigned the reality star, and he was then released on signature bond after bail was set at $50,000, according to court records. Margera faces a preliminary hearing in May. So yeah, Margera's attorney Michael Van Der Veen spoke Thursday morning as he left court with the reality star after Margera pleaded not guilty. My client is presumed innocent, Van Der Veen said. The rumors that have been passed around by his brother through this last week have been nothing short of defamation, and that will be handled in another courthouse. Margera's brother, Jesse Margera, told police that Bam Margera had pounded on and kicked his locked bedroom door that morning and punched him in the eye, nose, and ear during a later confrontation in the kitchen, according to court documents. Among the accusations laid out in the complaint was that Bam Margera urinated in the kitchen sink. Jesse Margera said he'd also found a threatening handwritten note signed Bam. A police affidavit said, "None of this is shocking. The idea, no. the idea that this is a, a defamatory plot against Bam is uh, one hell of a defense. But he, I don't think anyone believes that shit. No, because he literally he did the same thing to um, uh, like Jeff Tremaine and a bunch of his former Jackass guys. Like wrote them like really scary letters to the point Death where threats? they yeah. yeah they took out like uh, restraining orders against him." Yeah, not only that, uh, it, none of this is shocking because he's been doing this yeah, to his family it was members part of his for, for 20 years. He's the guy that beat up his dad. 
uh, yeah, but he's, he has, like we said, made violent threats to others in his life more recently, including Jeff Tremaine, director of Jackass, who had to get a restraining order against Bam during their most recent falling out, quote unquote. Also, I feel bad for Jesse Margera. Great drummer. I When I was very, very young, I caught his drumstick at a CKY oh, show. Oh, wow. So I hope he's doing okay. I wonder if that was the, the flap of the butterfly wings that started this whole mess. It could have been. You shouldn't have caught that. Yeah. Bam got very jealous. Those are my sticks. I paid for those. Yeah. I'm the reason this band he is big. A, he was a normal guy until you caught that drumstick. Yeah. Well, look where we're at now. Yeah. You did this. <laughs> anyway, uh, what time is it? It's That's... movie news time. Yeah. Sound the movie alarm. We love movies around here, don't we, folks? Uh-huh. Movies, movies, movies. This is, well, yeah. Hey. This is actually a series, I guess, but whatever. So you remember how that Winnie the Pooh horror movie is one of the most profitable movies of the year so far, despite being a low-budget, low-effort film that only really got popular because of the relation to the children's book character. You know. And the fact that the copyright was up. And yeah, that's, that's why. jumped on it. So yeah, the, that was the reason they were even able to make the film and get away with using the characters. The copyright protections had expired. The whole thing's now part of the public domain. Um, not the whole thing, though. Uh, there's... The very specific Disney rendition of Winnie the Pooh uh, is still under copyright. You can't put him in a red T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, he can't look exactly like and, that uh, Winnie the Pooh. And I think it's, I think it might be Tigger, that's like a hundred percent a Disney creation. One of the characters is. It's got to be. Anyway, yeah. either way, there's already another Hundred Acre Wood spinoff coming down the production pipeline, and uh, this one's going to be a. Hard R series about Christopher Robin, and not hard R in the slur way, talking hard <laughs> R in the ratings way. Yeah. could be a bit confusing when people drop those hard R's. Mm-hmm. Here's Deadline with the info on what could either be just okay or a pointless waste of time. Mm-hmm. Boat Rocker and Shamir Anderson and Stephen James's Bay Mills Studios are developing Christopher Robin, an R-rated comedic reimagining of A.A. A. Milne's beloved characters, Christopher Robin and Winnie the Pooh, as a television series. The project is based on an original script from Charlie Kesslering, most likely to and turned on, who will also executive produce. Conrad Vernon, Shrek 2 and Sausage Party, is on board to direct the pilot episode and executive produce. Per the logline, Christopher Robin is a disillusioned New Yorker navigating his quarter-life crisis with the help of the weird talking animals who live beyond a drug-induced portal outside his derelict apartment complex, The Hundred Acres. So that all sounds terrible. Um, forget we even talked about it. Um, I was thinking when you were doing the whole hard R thing, though, that it was really funny because Trump did the whole N-word thing this week. The N-word. I call it the N-word. There's, yeah, there's everybody. They say you can't say the N-word. Well, I'm going to say it. Nuclear. <laughs> there's two N-words. and uh, He knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, he's a pro. It's odd that he brings it up again. But over in YouTube news now, uh, we're not sure if anyone uses YouTube Music, because that's the standalone app that's apparently a competitor to Apple Music and Spotify. Apparently a lot of people do, though. Yeah. Uh, Nothing wrong with it, just haven't really used it ourselves. I I mean, you get it for free by getting YouTube Premium, and I still, I'm just like, oh, all my shit's on Spotify. I've never used it. I downloaded it because this news story, and apparently the uh, iPhone app isn't updated yet, so I couldn't even Uh, try out what's coming. But uh, That's why you got to get one of these. (laughs) No, I'm fully switched. Okay. I'll get you there, too. Well, uh, yeah, whether you love it or don't, uh, YouTube Music has started to roll out podcast availability to the app, so now you can listen to your favorite podcasts without switching apps. So if you wanted to listen to the audio version of this show, uh, good news. So we already started filing every episode on this channel as a podcast on YouTube's back end. 
we kind of just had to write podcasts in the tags for like a month straight, and then they finally. But now they like, have an option. They're like, yeah. yeah, it's a podcast. We know. Yeah. So yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Whenever this gets fully rolled out, you should be able to listen to this show as a podcast if you're too lazy to pull up the video. Uh, maybe this will help views and discoverability too. Probably not. Yeah. I don't we know. don't know, but we'll take it either way. It, it seems like it'll be a very crowded market, but you know. We we did. We were very proactive about tagging that yeah. when they first started rolling it out. So maybe there'll be some kind of a boost with that, but it never works out the way you want it to. No. So, uh, yeah. Also, a, a great reminder, as always, that, uh, yeah, this show does exist as an audio-only podcast yeah. on whatever podcast app you want to find it on. You just, for uh, everything except for Weekly Weird News, you type in Internet Today, and it'll pop up. And for Weekly Weird News, well, you just type in Weekly Weird News, and it pops up. You can listen on Spotify. Uh, the Apple Podcasts app, um, whatever other Deezer, yeah, probably. I, I have no idea where it is. It's probably on like a thousand different title. Probably not title. Or they owe us a lot of money. We're gonna have to check that California Money Bank where all that money goes and just yeah. it doesn't get mailed to you. Jay Z, where's my money, Jay Z? I think he's divested from that by now. I heard titles like actually pretty great at this point. Uh, yeah, and, it's uh, fine <laughs> if you want to listen to like ultra high quality stuff. The only yeah. problem is like, and here goes my Apple boy again. Uh, I get Apple Music with my Apple subscription, mm. so it also has lossless files. So it's mm. the same thing, and I'm already it's included in what I pay for. So I have been using it instead of Spotify mm -hmm. because although the cut is nowhere near what it should be for artists, it's still like ten times higher than yeah. Spotify's cut. I gotta get off Spotify, but I have like fifty thousand songs saved on there. It's like, and there's no easy way. You gotta pay someone like ten dollars to download some sketchy oh, fucking like $10. extension. That's gonna take. It takes like twenty four hours to because it's it's basically just running a script and manually copying like a shitload of metadata. I yeah, I, I need still to go have, ahead and I, do I it. just de I just canceled my premium on Spotify. It still exists, so I can see my old playlists and shit if I want. If I really wanted to find something, which I did do recently, I was looking for a. Uh, Phil Collins song specifically. But uh, yeah, Apple Music. Love it. It's great. Okay. Well. Yeah. But I also heard titles good. And there's another one called Co the Terrible Branding. I don't even know how to pronounce it. Cubuzz? Cobuzz? Cubase? <laughs> Q. Q Doba? Q something. And, uh, QAnon? No, it's not that. Uh, but they also do the lossless thing. And they also have like music journalists who write. Oh, that's uh, cool. Extensive things about it and do human curation on I like that. Yeah, Spotify is bringing too many robots in the mix. They Not sure a fan. Are. Get yeah. that shit out of here. Anyways, we're done rambling. Uh, please, if you haven't already, well, if you haven't already, first, uh, like the video. Make Come that, on! Make that confetti shoot everywhere. Come on, like it. Like uh, it. Like even it. I, like I, I died the same problem. I watched our video uh, from yesterday, and at the end, I forgot to like it, and I heard myself tell me to yeah. do it. Sometimes it be your own self. <laughs> it's, that's true. Like the video. Uh, subscribe to the channel if you're not already. We're so close to 50,000 views. Uh, should I tell them about the, the goal? 250,000 views. I'm getting uh, sideshow... Sorry, 250,000 subscribers. I'm getting sideshow Bob getting smacked in the face as a tattoo. Oh. Yeah. So make it happen. That's pretty good. On your face? Uh, not on my face. Oh. I'll let the viewers decide where. And actually, no. Face, 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 face. <laughs> Subscribe. Let's get to 250,000 views so I can get a dumb Simpsons tattoo. Watch our other videos. They're up here now. We got plenty for you to do. We'll be back with Weekly Weird News. See you next time. Bye. Bye.